We all want to have lives of significance and impact. We all want to live big in a way that matters and lasts. But when we look at our lives, we know that there is stuff about our lives, our culture, or our families that keeps getting in the way of that happening. But what if lasting change in any big area didn't take what you may have thought it took? What if lasting change didn't start with something big, but with something small? Yeah, those are some questions that we're asking here during the month of November. You can see by the title, we're in a series called Live Big. And so glad you're here because I've got some great news for you this morning that a number of you have been waiting probably at least a week for, and actually a whole week now. And if you weren't here last week, you missed my personal favorite Sunday besides Easter because it was our annual Live Big Sunday where we ask the question, what if we could, as a local church, what if we could collectively pool our resources, our financial resources, Resources and given away that significantly impacted the course of another amazing nonprofit, another organization that's outside the sort of the boundaries and the borders of our church, and just give generously to them. And uh, we challenge each of you to give how much? Thirty nine ninety five, thirty nine ninety five, and we said if each of you could do this, if every adult here could give that, we could raise twenty thousand dollars. So a couple of years ago we started this. Our goal was ten thousand. We actually raised fifteen last year. Our goal was fifteen. We raised eighteen, and so we said if every adult could give just thirty nine ninety five, we could raise twenty thousand dollars. And again, our goal really was participation, not just the amount we wanted everybody to play and to get involved. But not only did that happen something really amazing happened. So we didn't just raise $20,000. We just raised twenty-one or twenty-two. We raised together a total exactly of $25,000. So $25,000. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. So thank you so much for giving. And on Friday, we wrote a check to the Settlement Home for Children. That's the organization we were sponsoring. They've been in Austin for almost 100 years, and they, they deal with very difficult foster cases, most of them, I believe, girls. And so we, on Friday, wrote a check and took it to them and then captured the moment. They knew we were coming, but they didn't sort of know what it was for or what, you know, they knew we were going to give them something. But this is the moment uh, we were in there with their staff, and you can watch Basically what challenged happened. our entire church um, one Sunday, one time a year. We're just going to live big and give as much as we can possibly give to, to help fund and bless this organization and and uh you know not one single cent that was raised stays at mosaic church 100 percent of it is in this envelope right here that we wanted to give to you guys and just say thank you for for what you do uh, i know i mean just from dealing with the orphans and foster care and other areas and then having the history here with some of the girls at seven home i know what y'all do really is and this is not an overstatement but really is saving the lives of these of these girls and providing a better hope in the future. So, this is what God was able to do this past Sunday. And so we just wanted to give that to you and say, Thank you. Go get them. Keep doing what you're doing. You can go ahead and open it. Okay. Yeah. That's I know. I know. Uh, 
Last year we weren't able to fund our summer program. Oh wow. And we were about twenty five thousand dollars short. Nice. Yeah. Thirty thousand dollars short. Okay. So yes. that, that's actually a big like woo. Okay. We can't fund summer program if we don't get donors. So very cool, yes. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Isn't God good? He's so good. And thank you to all who gave, no matter, no matter the amount. And for those of you who gave, you were a part of making that happen, along with hundreds of other Christians in your church. And that brings me now to our scripture reading this morning, and I'm going to try to tie all this together. And really an intro to the message, if I could just start there. I, again, I love Novembers uh, in this church because we get to do a number of different things along the way and talk in some different ways than we normally do. Uh, I'm going to read a, a short passage here that ties into the message, and then I'm just going to begin to talk to you about some of the inner workings of the church and uh, how we're doing in some areas, and then ask you to consider helping in some key areas as well. So even if you are a guest here, really, you've picked a great Sunday to be here because, you know, even though the message is more aimed at mosaic people, you're, you're going to get the eavesdrop into kind of how we roll here uh, and how we're aimed and where we're going uh, towards the future. And so, again, if you're new, when we get to the end, you're going to be thinking, well, that that wasn't much of a sermon, okay? But it's like Galen said, it's all good. And number one, you'd be right about that. But secondly, uh, it's not just about the, the sermon stuff today because we really, really we do love the Bible in this church. And over the last few weeks, those same people sitting next to you have actually been preached to about suffering, <laughs> holiness, and the judgment of God. So people here are still standing. It couldn't have been that bad. We post all that content on the website. So we love the Bible here. We love the tough stuff, the deep stuff, when we can get to it. But this morning's a little bit different. Like I said, it's just more of a fireside chat, a one-way conversation we're all going to be having here as church family today, okay? So we're going to look at a passage here in the book of 1 Peter I wasn't able to get to during the Art of Neighboring. It's 1 Peter chapter 4, a few verses here. Again, you can follow along on the screen or in your Bible. Here we go. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Once upon a time, there was a a chair in this church with your name on it. It really was. And you weren't in it yet, but it was waiting for you to come. And one day, you did it. You came here to Mosaic Church, and you and your your chair met. But for some of you, before you came here to Mosaic, coming to a church or being a part of a church was the last thing on your mind. Maybe you you used to go to a church, and maybe you you tried that Christian thing at one point, and you kind of bounced out of that, and you walked away. But then someone invited you here. Maybe someone, you know, bribed you with dinner, or they, they promised to babysit your kids, or they just nagged you until you caved, but you did it. You did it, and you came here, but then you drove up in the parking lot here, 
And you were already suspicious because you were thinking, that doesn't look like a church. What kind of a place is this? What's with the odd layout in here? And if you were here two weeks ago, you were like, what's with the parking here? Uh, some of you experienced that. And you came through the doors and you had like, like a checklist in your mind of about a half a dozen things that you swore. If, you know, if they do one of those, I'm out of here real fast, right? And, uh, but, you know, maybe no one did those things. And the people here seemed strangely nice and strange warmed and so you stayed and then the service started and the band thing was kind of cool you know maybe it was your first time being in a band kind of thing but gosh it was loud you know why is it so loud Uh, but then the people were really into it right and you noticed a person over there maybe your neighbor had like a question during the worship and then there was that lady over the side and you know, she had like two questions. You didn't know you could ask questions in church. And then there was another guy who didn't just have two questions. He had to like to pee or something or get his answer, question answered right now because he's jumping up and down during the music. And he thought, okay, they're into it. But then you started to feel something different, right? The atmosphere began to change when we started singing about Jesus. And maybe you, you even cried a little bit. But of course, you weren't going to let your spouse know or the friend who brought you know that. But you got through that and you, you started to wonder, well, okay, I kind of like it. But how, how do they pay for all this here? And then the offering went by super fast in like 30 seconds. And, you know, you look in the plate, there's about $5 and a stick of gum or maybe even a lighter. We got a cigarette lighter one time. And you're thinking, well, that can't pay for all of this, right? And then all of a sudden the message came and, yeah, the guy got kind of loud up front at one point or another. And, but he kind of kept your attention, right? And he seemed to really believe in what he was saying. And you, you liked that. And, and then it was over. It was over. And you went home and you thought, well, that, that wasn't too bad. And maybe you even felt kind of different. And then the next week you came back. But then that next week you, you made two crucial mistakes. And the first of which is you went by our coffee bar uh, where we serve and we give away these free, sweetened, addictive, caffeinated beverages. It's like getting a free Starbucks every week in church. That was mistake number one. And then if you have kids, you made mistake number two. You took your kids, uh, you know, back to M kids. And for some of you, you were, you were pretty nervous about that. that. You know, it was kind of nerve-wracking uh, for some of you. But for others of you, you really liked that part. You thought, man, I could drop them off for free. You've got how many services? Is there like a Sunday service? Not like a Wednesday night service, bring back Wednesday nights. You know, we, we love that kind of stuff. Of course, you know the problem with taking the kids back, your kids back to M kids. It's because when you get your kids back on, on, on the, the back end, they say to you, what, mommy, daddy, I want to go. I want to come back to this church. And you think, oh, no, you know, I'm watching my Sundays all evaporate now. I'm going to have to come back next week. And, and, and that was strange enough, but for, for some of you, something even stranger happened. A, a, a few weeks later, you actually invited like a friend or, or a neighbor or a relative, maybe here for Christmas or, or for a holiday, uh, and, and maybe as a parent from your, from your kid's sports team uh, or, or a buddy from work or a neighbor on the street, and you invited them and they came with you. And what happened to you in that moment? Hmm? Well, you began to experience this church again, right? Not through your eyes, but through whose eyes? Their eyes, yeah. And you're thinking, man, please don't let it be weird today, you know? (laughs) Please let the message be good. You know, please let the music, the songs be good. You know, not too long, not too short, but just right, you know? And maybe they weren't church people themselves, but... When you got through, they, they realized they didn't hate it either. And maybe they even thanked you 
for inviting them. And then maybe you, if you knew you, you went through our foundations class and then you got water baptized and that was amazing. And then you went to a group link and it was kind of like the fraternity rush uh, in there, but you, you braved that and the people were nice and, you know, you found a group, you know, you, you found some friends and now look at you, right? You found not only your chair, but your people, right? Your church and maybe even for some of you, your God, you found Jesus here. And, but that wasn't all of you by any means. Some of you, some of you didn't come in with uh, one foot on the brake pedal. Some of you came in with two feet on the accelerator. You know, you walked in the doors and you thought, this is it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm home. You, you weren't a skeptic. No, sir. No, ma'am. You were. You were a Bible-toting, scripture-quoting, as the saying goes, Jordan River floating Christian, right? I mean, you, you knew the deal. You knew how you were supposed to act in church. You knew. You know, you could, you know, kind of talk or give some feedback during the message when somebody said something good. And so you, you started going, mmm, mmm. And, and the new Christians were kind of like, man, what's with all the cow noises here? Why is, you know, I know they believe in spiritual gifts here, but haven't heard about that one. All right. But you knew the church deal, right? I mean, because you love Jesus culture. Yes, you do. Hill Song United and Kirk Franklin, too. You love it all, right? You, you know it. You, you, don't, you know, you, you don't park in the front lot if you're a real Christian. I mean, you leave it for the guests and for the people who don't know the deal here. But you knew the deal, even though it was like your, your first or second time. And maybe it was just your, your first or second time, but you, you posted something on social media from the message with the hashtag ILMC. You know, I love my church, even though it was just your, your second time. And but you were all in, and some of you even came to ILMC it so much, you moved to be closer to the church, right, to the facility, or uh, in the same neighborhood, or on the same street as some of those other crazy mosaic people. Your experience wasn't one foot on the brake. It was two feet on the accelerator, but now you're here. You're here, and for either kind of person, again, you're here, uh, you found your chair, and actually, it seems kind of like it's so much your chair, you get irritated when someone <laughs> sits in it, but you're not, you know, you're not the church lady that you grew up, what, your, your granddad or somebody, you don't flick them on the ear and make them move, because that would be weird, you let them stay, because you're a nice Christian person, right? But for either kind of person, you're here, and someone here has, as First Peter 4 said, someone's loved you, someone's served you, someone's offered you hospitality here, and because of that, you found your chair, right? Your people, your church, maybe even God. And so this morning, now I, I want to ask you with me to think about someone someone and that person is the person or the people or the family who is not here yet who's not here yet hasn't found their chair or their people or their church or their god yet because here's what i know i know that somewhere in our community in austin texas there's a there's a husband praying that his wife would come here there's a child praying that their father would come here there's a wife begging her husband to go there's a neighbor believing for you know bribing their neighbor to come here and experience what you have experienced here and i know they're coming i don't know who they are but i know they're coming and not only that i know where they're coming they're coming to your church they're coming here and i don't know who they are but i do know also when they're coming 
And for most of them, they're going to be coming in mid to late January and early February, in particular, in the coming year. And that may seem a long way to you. You know, you're in, Morgan, you're already talking about February, early spring. We haven't even hit Thanksgiving yet. We just got past that holiday last week of which I don't speak, you know, in October. But that's right. And we need to be prepared. And you need to be prepared. So this morning, in the spirit of 1 Peter 4, here's what I'm going to ask you to do with me today. There's going to be one principle in three parts. I'm going to ask you, here it is, to provide for others what others have provided for you. I'm going to ask you to provide for others what others have provided for you. Like Peter says, offer hospitality. I love this. Without grumbling. He was writing to a bunch of church people, wasn't he? All right. Serve one another, he says, with energy, maybe even a smile. Love one another, he says. That covers over a multitude of sins and bad sermons and maybe even the person who cut you off in the parking lot two weeks ago on our 20th anniversary. All right. So I'm asking you this morning to provide for others what others have provided for you, and I'll go even one step further. I'm asking you to provide... For the next generation, next generation, what maybe you wish the previous generation had provided for you. And here's what I mean. How many many times have you wished, and I know a number of you have wished, how how many times have you wished, man, I wish that I had grown up in a church like this where I didn't have to choose between, you know, my emotions and my brain because God gave me both. I don't have to choose between the Bible and the Holy Spirit. There's an ethnically diverse, multi-generational faith community here on mission in the city. How many times have you wished you could have grown up in a church like this and how different you thought your life might have been if you had been in an environment like this? And so today, in this moment, as we are growing and growing quickly, we, you, I, we have the opportunity to do just that. Opportunity to provide for others what others have provided for you, and maybe even to provide for the next generation what you wish the previous generation had provided for you. Maybe they didn't, no no, no fault, no blame, whatever reason, it just happened, but today you can make a turn, you can make a difference, and change the future. So here, I'm going to ask you to do that one thing, to live out this one principle from 1 Peter 4 in three ways a day. So you ready? Here we go. I'm going to move through them pretty quickly. So here they come. Here are these three ways to live this out. Number one, create a plan to support your local church financially. I'm asking you to do that today. And I'll start with this question. Do you know why we were able to raise and give away our single largest offering of the year last week without a penny of it staying here, without having to go to something internal. Why were we able to do that? Well, here's why. It's because of the 70% of people in this church who faithfully give and have created a plan to support their local church financially, all right? You say, though, okay, aha, I knew it, great. They don't need my money here right? It seems like it's going pretty good. Look, it's all going great. I don't need to give here. They don't need my money. Now, some of you, you grew up in a church where they actually needed your money. You know what I'm saying? 
and you hated it. You hated it because they always talked about it. There were always the pledge cards, right? Always the pledge cards, always these huge asks. And if you were like me, you grew up in a church that didn't know if it was going to make it every year until December, and there was this big ask and these letters that got sent home to make up for the shortfall. And some of you grew up in other churches where they were like, you know, money hobbits in the church. They didn't just you know, like they asked for second offerings, like second breakfast, you know, they kept the plates coming around and you, you weren't a cheerful giver, right? You, you weren't a happy giver. You were a here we go again giver because they're asking for it again. And, and you gave because the church needed your money. And after a while, you just quit or more likely you left the church that needed your money and you came here maybe and you thought, great, it's all running. Look ship shape. They don't need my money here. And especially when it came time again for that, you know, flyby offering portion of our church, you really thought that. But let me ask you, when your marriage hits a bump, when your life or your child or your family is in crisis, do you hit a rough patch, are you going to call up Mickey Mouse, Disneyland to help you when you're in a crisis? Are you going to ring, you know, Howard Schultz at Starbucks or Tim Cook at Apple and Cupertino and ask for help? You know, if you do, what are they going to tell you? What are they going to say? Oh, I'll tell you what Apple's going to tell you. They're going to tell you, hey, we tried to give you all that U2 album for free last year. You didn't want it. That's all you're getting from us. So Goodbye. No, who were you going to come find? Someone in your church. Someone here. And do you know what the beautiful thing is? We will always help. We'll always help. We'll always come to your aid one way or another. And we will never check someone's giving records before we do that or after. It's irrelevant. We are the church of Jesus. We are Christians. And we'll do our best to help you through your dark crisis or your dark moments. So... Why would you treat another company that doesn't know you, Mickey Mouse, Apple, Starbucks, another company that doesn't know you better than you treat your own church financially? Why would you look up at the end of the year and more money is going to those companies than the church that you say that you love? It's not rational. It doesn't make sense, right? You could go to a church where they needed your money every week or... You could do what you know is the right thing to do and create a plan to support your local church financially. Because here's the thing. We do need your money, but not for the reason that you think. See, we don't need your money to pay for staff or for lights or for bills or for the facility or anything like that. That stuff is already paid for and more. By the 70% of people who give here, it's already taken care of. And some of you, I know you don't want to give to bills, right? You don't want to get to lights or sound, even though you come every week and enjoy that and consume that. You think, I want to give to special things. And I want to say to you, that's because you think you're special uh, and your money is special. Now, I think that, I don't ever tell you that, but it just goes on in my head. I would never say that to you, but Listen, that stuff's already taken care of, so you don't even have to worry about the bills. Everything we get from, and listen, this number was in the low 60s last year. Now it's gone up to 70%, and the more people have given, the more we have been able to give away as a percentage of our budget. But here's why we need your money. 
because we are on a mission to change the city and change the way even people view the church. We don't think the city just needs another church, although we are grateful for every Christ-centered, gospel-preaching church that's in the city. We're grateful for them. We labor alongside them. We just want to change the city, and so we need you to be a part of that and give to that so that it can happen. So pick a percentage and give. Listen, you don't even have to remember to do this. You can go on our website. It'll automatically remember for you. So you don't even have an excuse, all right? Listen, and I know this is hard for some of you. This was easy for me. I was raised being taught to tithe and to give even before I was really serving God. My parents taught me to do this. And so every, every dollar I've ever made over the course of my life, as long as I can remember, had the fear of God on me about this and tithed and gave at least 10%. And you know what? I have never lacked for anything never lack for anything. It's been tight at times, been super tight at other times, but I have never lacked. My family has never lacked. As I, as we have prioritized God's thing first, he has prioritized our thing. That's Matthew 6, 33. You can take it to the bank, and I know a number of you have. Number two, that's number one. Create a plan to support your local church financially. Number two, I want you to listen Listen for something for the three little knots, the three little knots. And before I tell you what these are, let me just sort of set up how uh, I arrived here. Uh, A few years ago, uh, when Carrie and I moved back, we found that we were sort of hemming and hawing. And whenever we met somebody new, always waiting for the perfect Sunday to invite someone to church. We were going through this, you know, list of mental gymnastics. What are we preaching about? What's the message about? What are the songs we're doing? What time of year is it? You know, do I think people are going to be there? And besides that, listen, it's just weird when you're the pastor and you invite someone to come to the church because you think, you know, you know, it's like, come and hear me talk. And then let's talk about how much you liked hearing me talk afterward. It's really weird, but... So we would just talk ourselves out of inviting anyone. And finally, we were like, man, who cares? Man, who cares? We are just going to invite people because here's what I've come to know. It's that God touches people's lives here each and every Sunday, no matter who is preaching or what's being sung. I have lost count. It's a true story. Of the times people have come up to me after the message and they've said, man, I loved it when you said X, Y, and Z. And I thought, man, I have never said that in my life. That there was not in the message today. Didn't say that at all. I know I got a copy of it, you know. What's happening? God is speaking to them. Despite whatever I or anybody else had to say, aren't you glad for that? Praise the Lord, yeah. And half the time, anyway, when someone comes up to me afterward, all they want to talk about is the exhortation, or especially, you know, when my wife sometimes gets up at the end and she'll say something, and they'll say, Morgan, man, I, love, I really love what your wife had to say today. And I thought, really? Not the thing I labored over for you all week, you know, <laughs> spent hours researching, praying about, you know, spent 35 minutes teaching you. You like the two minutes at the end. Great. No, I don't ever say that to you. I don't ever say that to you. I just think that, all right? So, again, I would say, yes, she is 
amazing, right? But you get the point. So to help us all just get past it, to quit analyzing whether or not it's the perfect Sunday to invite someone, right? Uh, Let's just look at these three little knots, all right? Then I'm going to give you a phrase we can practice to help us with this as well. Here here they are. Someone's not in church, not doing well, and finally not prepared for, not prepared for. All right. So when... Not if, but when you meet someone, whether it's at the grocery store, again, your kid's sports team or exercise class or, or where, the gym, and, you, and they say, I'm new to the area, I'm not in a church, or you ask, and they say that I'm not in a church, that's your first not. Or if the second one comes up, they say, I'm not doing well, my marriage isn't doing well, my kids aren't doing well, my job's not going well, that's your second not. And your third one is, man, I'm about to get married, I don't feel really ready for it, I got this new job or transition coming up. I'm not prepared or ready for that. Those are the three knots, okay? That's what you're listening for, and so I'm going to give you this one line that I hope will just slice away all your IQ level Google Analytics, you know, research stuff you do to figure out whether or not it's the perfect Sunday to invite someone, because it always is, and here's the line. You ready? Here it is. You say, really? You should come to my church this Sunday, That's what you say. So let's practice that together. You ready? You can do this. Here it is on the screen. You can read. Here we go. We're going to practice it. Ready? Here we go. Really? You should come to my church this Sunday. Yeah, and again, if you're, if you're my wife or you're from Southern California and, and you want to sound like you're from there, you just can add a, a like totally in there. So really, you should like totally come to my church this Sunday. Add that part in. And I did this not too long ago. There was a dad, another father on my son's football team, and he begins to open up his life. He's not doing well. He's been through a divorce recently. His kids, his son, isn't doing that great with it. And so I said, really? That sounds like a lot. No, I'm saying, this sounds like a lot to handle. I'd love to have you come to my church this Sunday. And you know what he said back to me? Here's what he said. He said, I cannot believe you invited me to your blankety-blank church, you evil Christian. How dare you? No, he didn't say that. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. He said, Mosaic Church, is that, that one on 183 with that cool black sign? I said, that's the one. He said, thank you very much. I just might do that. All right. Why? Because that's how most of you got here, right? It was through an invitation from a friend. And because they invited you here when you were maybe in one of those three little knots, maybe it was last week or five years ago or ten years ago, you came here and maybe your life's been changed. And now you don't come to, you know, every week thinking, man, I've got to drive with that church again. God's going to touch my life again. Man, these people, why do they ever invite me? No, you don't, you don't think that right? And they're not going to think that either. So when you hear one of those three things, you just say it. Really? You should come to my church this Sunday. Doesn't matter if you're, uh, who's preaching, if you're in children's ministry, God can speak to them even if you're not sitting right next to them, okay? That's how you can practice. You can do First Peter for hospitality towards someone that you meet or you get to know. And who knows what God will do with a simple faith-filled invitation. That's number two. Now, number three, 
Now, I'm going to keep it blank here. And for this third one, I'm going to do a little uh, an ask here in a moment. But I need to set it up so I can set you up for it. All right. Something in specific. This third thing is going to take you one hour of your time. One hour of your time. One hour, that's it. Now, imagine if I called you up. I called you at home maybe tonight or this week, and I asked you, I got, I got on the phone, and I asked you personally to come to something that would take an hour of your time. Now, when I call people, uh, normally I, I get the, who is this calling voice, and until they, they find out it's me, I'm the person with the title and all that, then they usually say, oh, you were the guy, they either say, you're the guy up there talking, right? That's so cool you're calling me. Or I get the, you were the guy up there talking, yeah, I remember you. You were just okay. <laughs> oh, man. Well, fair enough, you know. True story. So I get one of those things, or I get the, am I in trouble? Kind of like when the principal calls, you know, home for you, or used to call home for you. So let's imagine that I called you tonight or this week and asked you to do something for me and for the church that would take you one hour of time on a Sunday when you were already going to be here. But I'd like to co- you to come to a one-hour meeting after our second service, where you could find out how to do something small that would make a big difference in this church. Or if you don't like the idea of, call, of me calling you, just imagine it's Pastor Brett or your favorite staff member or it's Galen or Barnabas. I know you guys all like them better anyway. They're nicer. Imagine it's them calling you, right? You would totally say yes to them, and you, you should say yes to me. And, and the reason you should say yes to me, if, and the reason you should come if I ask you to, and, and here's the, the guilt trip part, so pack your bags, you're about to go on a guilt trip. Uh, it's because almost every week, and especially on Saturday night, while you're out, you, you're at a movie or you're watching the game, or you're at home, you know, watching TV. I'm in the, you know, the living room or my, my bedroom or the kitchen, and I am slaving over a hot Bible, getting ready for you to serve you the next day. So if I asked you for an hour of your time, you'd totally do it, right? Okay, guilt trip over. Here's the ask. You would totally do it. So here it is, number three. I'd like to ask you to, to attend a family ministry orientation. Now, in the seat back in front of you, there is a green card. So go ahead and grab the green card. I know you hate it when we put the cards in front of you, especially you men. It's only the women who ever grab these because you men are like, man, it's like a showdown between me and the pastor, this old Western thing. He can't make me draw. He can't make me pull it out. But this is a registration card for a total sales pitch we want to make to you. We want you to come to an orientation that is going to ask you to serve in family ministry. And even if you've made up your mind at this point, you're not going to do it. They can't make me do it. I'm never going to do it, right? I'm single. I don't have kids. Why should I do it? You know, I'm a parent. I take care of my kids all week. Why should I do it? I'm a grandparent. My kids are grown. Why should I do it? And this is the total timeshare part of this. We just want you to come anyway. So here's the thing. Worst case scenario is 
you're going to learn something amazing about your church. You're going to find out more about what God's doing and the way that you could make a difference in the church that you say you love and that's made a difference in your life. So our hope is that next week when even dozens of you, when hundreds of you perhaps come, you're going to hear how you can make a big difference in this church. So if you're not currently serving in family ministry somewhere or you're not involved in a service team uh, on, on the weekend or throughout the week like Kai Street or production or something like that, if you're not an M Kids, M Youth, Elevate, I'd like to ask you to come, even if it's the furthest thing from your mind. All right? We're going to ask you to consider giving about seven to eight Sunday mornings a year when you're already going to be here anyway, right? Yeah. And to provide for others what others have provided for you or what you wish the previous generation would have provided for you even though they didn't, okay? So currently about 55% or so of all our regular members and attendees serve here, which is pretty good uh, for a church our size. But we want to make sure the number doesn't just stay there, but it goes up and that you all, everyone who comes in here, that person coming is going to experience the mosaic that maybe you have come to know and love, okay? And here's my last thought. We can get by with about 55% of you serving, about 70% of you giving. And by the way, if you want to know why more people give than serve, it's because that's actually just the way our culture is in America today. People are far more likely to give their money than give their time. Volunteerism in America and in churches is at an all-time low, decades low number. So the average American is more likely to give than serve, but we don't want you to be average. And we don't want this church to be average. How many of you guys want to be a part of a totally average church? Totally average. We just do average stuff here. Music's average. Message's average. You're average. No, of course you don't. You want to be a part of something great, and so do I. And the city wants us to be great, too, and it's going to take everyone to do it. So we can get by for a time, not for, for a time, with the percentages the way they are now. But here's the thing. If that had been the attitude of the people who were here before you, right? You and I, we wouldn't have the mosaic church that we have now. Someone totally provided for you, right, before you were even here. And if someone had said that, listen, loved you, loved your kids before you, when you came, we wouldn't have the church we have today. Now, aren't you glad you didn't let other people, excuse me, that others, right, didn't just pass the buck, you're glad. I know you are. So I want you to be a part of providing for others what others provided for you. And listen, this isn't about me. We're going to want more volunteers. More team. No, no, I'm fine. I really am fine. And this isn't about you either because you're fine, right? I mean, you got your chair, right? You got your free Starbucks. I mean, you got your parking spot. You got your worship. You got your people, your church. You're fine. It isn't about you. It's about the people in our city, in our community, who are going to be coming here, who need to experience Jesus, and their families need a touch from him, and they need help and ministry in their lives. So as you leave, I'd like for you to fill out that card, that card right there, on your way out. I ask you to put it in some boxes uh, that our ushers are going to be holding at each of our three exits, so there's no way to escape. There are all three of them there. You can't dodge one or not the other. They'll smile at you. They'll smile. Listen, this, this, this is not out of the question or too much to ask, all right? This doesn't cost you any money. 
What does it cost you any money to do? This is just asking you to live out 1 Peter 4 and offer hospitality and service without grumbling. Without grumbling. Why? Verse 11, last bit of the passage. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. What did we sing earlier? For us to live is Christ. Jesus, may your name be above our name, right? Our time, our energy, all those things. So can we do this together? Can we do it? Yes, we can. All right. Our band's going to come up. They're going to play a song as you're filling out the card. And then I'll come back here with a final announcement.